0: Hello everyone, this is Rob, and it's time for another episode of What's On Joe Mind's on. Today, I'll be covering G.I. Joe number 272 by Larry Hama and Netho Diaz. It's part 7 of the 10-part Snake Hunt storyline, and things are finally starting to fall into place. The book opens on the interstate with two busloads and one Suburban full of Joes, getting ready to deploy as they approach Springfield. Speaking of Springfield, Throwdown is able to disable Laura 343 non-violently with what looks like the Arashikage mindset just as Cobra Commander and Dr. Mindbender are about to open the detention area with the brainwave scanner. Oop, surprise. In orbit, Payload and Slipstream are putting the new targeting satellite into place, while General Colton and Jane watch from the Chrysler Building. They appear to be flying the booster module and not the Defiant Shuttle. Yes, I know the booster can be piloted, but it's not a cargo delivery vehicle, and the shuttle is. Outside Springfield, Clutch, Rock and Roll, Stalker, and Wade Collins essentially take over a gas station to use as a staging point. They meet up with Zartan and the Dreadnoks and Destro and the Iron Grenadiers. Destro gives command of the Grenadiers to the Joes, a move that takes the Joes by surprise. Destro states that Snake Eyes has always been an honorable opponent, and deserves better than what Cobra Commander has planned for him. A bigger surprise is that the Dreadnoks paid for their grape sodas at the gas station. Back in Springfield, Cobra Commander has opened the cell and discovers that his prisoner is free and armed, which of course he finds unacceptable. Throwdown takes out the troops and holds Dr. Mindbender and the commander at gunpoint. At a Springfield train station, the Arashikaji Ninjas and Scarlet disembark and take down a police officer who asks them for ID. The police officer is obviously working for Cobra. They pile into some taxis and head for where they believe Throwdown is being held. In the skies above Springfield, Lady J and a squad of Joes that include Muskrat and Torpedo, who are supposed to be back in Utah, are about to halo-jump from a plane from above the community center. By the way, Lady J was drawn in one of those buses earlier in the issue, and in last issue. The parachute drop is noticed by Crystal Ball, who reports this to Zartan, while also noting that the October Guard is doing recon of the community center. That wraps up this issue. It's not a bad issue, and it moves the story forward, but my enjoyment of it is a bit marred by a number of glaring errors in this book. First, we've got Steeler and Backstop in the wrong vehicles. Last issue, these guys were shown talking, and Steeler said that Backstop will be driving the Mauler. In this issue, we check in with them and Backstop says he's in the MoBat and Steeler's in the Mauler. Lady J is on a bus and in a plane. Muskrat and Torpedo are on the mission when they had just been left back at the pit last issue. This isn't forgetting if a character is dead or not after 30 years. This is forgetting stuff that happened last issue. In the case of Lady J, it's in the same issue. The artist has changed from last issue to this one. But he shouldn't have given info on what to draw. This whole story has been plagued with these little mistakes. I don't want to nitpick, but every issue has had something. The editors of this book are really not doing their job here. I doubt telling the writer or art team that they need to go back and fix something would upset them. They're professionals. It shouldn't upset them. I doubt it would upset Larry Hama. He's used to strong editorial from his days at DC and Marvel. He's been an editor at DC and Marvel. I think the editors are really sabotaging this story. I don't know if it needed to be ten issues. That's an editor's decision. The last three issues have felt like filler. Plus, they aren't even proofreading. Do your job, people. Speaking of editors, sadly, the comics industry lost one of the great ones on June 11th. Denny O'Neill, one of the most influential writers and editors in comics history, died at the age of 81. Denny was best known for his work on Batman, taking the character away from the days of the camp of the TV show and into the Dark Knight detective that we know today. Denny began his career at Marvel, working as an assistant to Stan Lee, writing humor and westerns before moving to Doctor Strange, when Stan stopped writing the feature. He moved to write for editor Dick Giordano at Charlton Comics, and moved over to DC Comics in the late 60s, when Giordano was hired there. O'Neill quickly became a favorite of editor Julie Schwartz, writing Justice League of America for a year, moving the team from an Earthbound headquarters into a satellite in orbit. He also wrote many of the issues of the all-new Wonder Woman, a period where the character was depowered and became an Emma Peel-type adventurer. In 1970, he moved to Green Lantern, where he and artist Neil Adams began one of the most memorable runs in comics history. They paired the conservative police officer hero with the newly liberal Green Arrow, and began a run of stories that addressed many of the social issues of the day, including racism, poverty, overpopulation, the environment, and drug abuse. He also introduced the African-American Green Lantern, John Stewart. O'Neill and Adams were also asked by Schwartz to take the character of Batman away from the camp of the TV show and back to his mysterious roots. They also created one of the great Batman villains in Rachel Gould, an international eco-terrorist very different from the colorful rogues that Batman had traditionally fought. And speaking of those rogues, O'Neill also revitalized many of them for the times, bringing back Two-Face and bringing the murderous edge back to the Joker. Denny was also asked by Schwartz to modernize Superman, making him a television anchor and attempting to rein in his almost limitless powers. Denny would later move back to Marvel, becoming an editor and a writer. He edited books like Daredevil, where he championed the work of a young artist named Frank Miller and G.I. Joe. He edited issues 7 through 47 of the book, a time which saw the book go from a simple toy tie-in to one of Marvel's biggest sellers. Denny also wrote a number of books at Marvel, including The Amazing Spider-Man, Daredevil, after Frank Miller left, and Iron Man, where he authored a long story where Tony Stark fell into alcoholism due to the machinations of Obadiah Stane, another O'Neill creation, and was replaced in the armor by James Rhodes, the future war machine. Denny returned to D.C. in 1986 to edit the Batman books and oversaw one of the most successful runs in the character's history. He brought in Frank Miller to do The Dark Knight and Batman Year One, two of the greatest Batman stories ever. He also oversaw landmark events like The Killing Joke, The Death of the Second Robin, The Creation of the Third Robin, Tim Drake, Nightfall, and No Man's Land. He also wrote the occasional Batman story for the anthology title, Legends of the Dark Knight, and had an acclaimed run on the question. Denny retired from editing in 2000. He would write the occasional story and novel and was chairman emeritus of the Hero Initiative, a charity that offered economic assistance to comic creators in need. Danny O'Neill was one of the greats. If you're not familiar with his work, I suggest looking it up. Many of his works are in print and available in trade paperbacks or digitally on Comixology. To honor his work, DC has made Green Lantern Green Arrow 76, the start of his run, available for free on Comixology. Check that one out. And visit your local comic shop for more stories by a truly great storyteller. I would also like to recommend the latest episode of Kevin Smith's Fat Man Beyond podcast, number 286, a reposting of Kevin's interview with Denny. It's a long interview, but it's well worth your time. That's all for this week. Hopefully I'll get to do an episode that doesn't end on a downer. But until that happens, I'll see you at the Comics Rack. And remember to vote on November 3rd.